0: We want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you'll be both encouraged and challenged. If you enjoy what's happening at Cowboy Junction, it would really help us out a lot if you would subscribe, rate, review, and share this online. You can also help us reach others by
1: partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com give We hope you enjoy this message hey today i got a special treat for you. Um, really honestly, you remember some of these illustrations we used in the last several weeks? Well, our Cowboy Junction Church staff has set up a panel and this panel is going to take a look at the last several weeks of some of the messages that we 've spoke they 've been really good, but they 've also been things that we have to stop and think maybe we should go back and rethink about some of the stuff we learned before so the Cowboy Junction staff is going to do something really cool. They're going to relate what's happening as far as a world crisis with one of our favorite Bible characters, Joseph. Joseph is an amazing story. Joseph was given a promise, and that promise led him to a pit, and from the pit, he got sent to prison, and from prison, he all of a sudden, he was moved to promotion. So grab your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 37, and we're going to dive in. And um, if you would, would you join me in prayer? Father, we love you. Speak to us today. Stir up an old flame, a flame that you sparked in us from the last several weeks as you spoke to us, but now, Lord, show us even deeper what this story of Joseph can relate to where we're at as your people. We love you, Lord. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's dive in.
2: We are so glad that you are joining us today. We have something kind of fun that we wanted to do. We love when we get to sit down kind of as a panel and just take things a little bit deeper. And we've had so many great things that have been covered the last several weeks at Cowboy Junction. And today we wanted to sit down the three of us and just go a little bit deeper in what some of those were. But before we get started with all that, I just wanted to ask you, how are you guys? How are you feeling?
3: I'm doing really pretty good. I I do feel like I'm a little bit on a roller coaster ride. Some days are good, some days are bad. Um, I don't know what tomorrow holds, and I'm a type one, so I'm a planner. Um, but I will tell you that the, the emotion I have felt the most is guilt. And I've talked to a few friends that feel the same way. Um, I homeschool my children already, so it's not been a huge adjustment for me. Um, ministry, we're still doing it. My you know, my job, my day-to-day, still doing the same uh, stuff, um, sometimes even a little bit more. So um, there's just not been a lot that's rocked my world. And so there's a sense of guilt for people that their world has been flipped upside down to some degree. They don't know what tomorrow holds. And so, um, I'm trying to navigate through that and enjoy this season, uh, as much as I can get the most out of it, but not allow guilt to consume me. Absolutely.
0: I miss people. I am a people person. (laughs) I love people, uh, at church. Kelly's usually in the car waiting for me, texting me like, Hey, it's time to go home. You know, uh, and this has messed up my routine. I went to Starbucks every single day and they're closed completely, it's yeah. terrible. And I'm ready to go see those guys, and, uh, but my budget's loving the fact that I'm not going to Starbucks every <laughs> yeah, single day. So yeah. it's been good, but I, I love the fact that even though you know things look different, we can still find a routine and, and really get a sense of community. Even though it looks different, right. it's still cool that we get to do right. this and have right. some community.
2: Right. I know y'all are going to be a little surprised by this because I'm not so much of a hugger. But I really am looking forward to hugging some people when all this is Do over. Do you want me to hug you? Not right now. No, we've got to keep the social distance <laughs> thing right. right now. That's right. Um, but I miss people yeah. for sure and getting to see them. Um, I miss you guys. so. Awesome. But I wanted to talk about what some of our favorite messages were over the last seven weeks. But to start it off, I wanted to talk about Easter. Yeah. I just thought Easter this year was oh. so cool. Oh, yeah. um, it was different than any Easter we've ever experienced before in our life. Churches across the world, their buildings were empty. Right. But it was a great reminder that the tomb is empty and that's why we celebrate Easter. Right. And Pastor Ty's message about, you know, the resurrection really happened and that we can believe that was yeah. so yeah. cool. And yeah. the worship set, I just thought it was a really special Easter, even yeah. though it looked a lot a different. A lot
3: different. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite messages was in fact the last one we had here in this um, auditorium. And the reason I loved it so much it was called the Fifty Pound Monkey is because it kinda revolved around a story that in Uh, my kids were included in one day, Ty was, uh, you know, praying and asking the Lord to show him what to do about transitioning from being in the sanctuary to an online campus. And just, you know, a little bit overwhelmed to the point of, you know, the decision depends upon me and got a little bit of a headache, came in. Um, I wasn't home. And he asked the boys, he sat on the couch, asked the boys, he said, can you pray for me? And he felt like that weight was like a representation of a 50 pound monkey on his shoulders. And he asked the boys to pray, and I think they just real shyly put their <laughs> hand on his shoulder and said, Jesus, help my dad, amen. And I was like, this is a great opportunity to teach my kids that they have authority. They right. can speak to that, that monkey, and they can speak to that weight, that emotion. They even got to the point of throwing that monkey and kicking that <laughs> monkey, and my boys began to pray bold prayers, and yeah. I think wow. it was the perfect message so cool. to lead us into an online campus because we're all facing different types of emotions. And that message reminded us that as followers of Christ Jesus, we've been given power and authority to speak to those emotions, that they don't have to rule our life. And uh, so I'm grateful for that message. I love
0: Catch the Wind, uh, your assignment, Carlos Whitaker. All of the messages I just feel have been so important for where we are as as a community. Uh, But I wanted to go back to the feelings that that Pastor Ty had, because all of us can be feeling something right now. And we want to talk about Joseph today. And there's so many feelings in Joseph's story. I mean, you've got loneliness, you've got betrayal. He had to have felt left by God. You know, he's he's sitting, he's got this promise that comes through a dream. And the next thing you know, his brothers are kicking him in a pit. And then he he thinks life's getting better. And now he's in prison for something he didn't Mm, do. I mean, life is crashing around him and feelings have got to be so strong. But even in the pit, And in prison, Joseph still had an assignment. And that's why I love that message about your assignment because the assignment never changes. It doesn't matter what you're going through in life, what we're facing, our assignment is the same. And it's to make disciples, to teach them what Jesus taught them, to baptize them, and to see God's name glorified. That's our assignment. And and the method might change, but the assignment never changes. Uh, Even
3: being in quarantine, it doesn't matter. We still have been called to tell people about Jesus.
0: Right now, right here, that is our main purpose. It's not even how our career looks. As Christ followers, our career is just a pathway to tell people about Jesus. And I love the message, uh, Catch the Wind. One of my favorite parts about that message was when Pastor Tice said, you have to look for the true wind. Uh, and he was talking about red water and blue water and, and, and looking for opportunities. But the most important part being that Jesus is our true wind. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when Jesus changes the direction that you're going? Well, right. We center okay. on him and we say, I know my assignment's never going to change, but if he wants to change my method, I am submitted and I will go wherever the wind takes me, yeah. that being Jesus, yeah. and we're not being shaken by the world. And right. I think that's, that's really so cool. And, and what we tend to forget Uh, sometimes I think is we get to look at the whole story. Joseph didn't have the benefit of knowing how it was all going to turn out, you know, but I get to look at it and see he didn't realize that a personal crisis was preparation for him to lead a nation through a national crisis. That's
2: so good. That's so good. Really good. Speaking of crisis, we are in a worldwide crisis right now, and there's so much unknown. Who would have thought a few months ago that our world would look the way that it does right now that we wouldn't even be able to go sit down in a restaurant or hug a friend or you know there's just so much ha- that has changed there's a lot of pain a lot of loneliness a lot of anxiety so many things that unknown what do we do in that unknown
0: yeah and how we handle unknown is is such a big deal you know we actually see uh anxiety is such a huge issue it was a huge issue in the world before COVID 19 and can you imagine what kind of anxiety it's bringing right. now that we have this pandemic going on on top of that? And I think so many times when uh, I personally dealt with anxiety, so knowing that when I struggled with anxiety, it was because of the unknown. And, and the, the thing is we we really don't know what's going to happen. We don't know the future. We're not God. We're we're stuck in a linear timeline where we get right now. Right. Yeah. And, and what are we going to do right now? Well, I love... Um, First Peter chapter five, verse six and seven, because it really shows you how you can respond. And if you're dealing with anxiety right now, this is a great response to anxiety. And so it it says, humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Wow, God's gonna exalt you. When you humble yourself, we know that God will lift us up. And then he goes further and he says, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. How incredible is that? But what does that actually look like? Maybe you've been praying for anxiety to leave you. Maybe you're facing something that's super difficult. You've lost your job, something that is weighing you down. And you're like, I've prayed and asked God to take the anxiety away and it's not going away. Well, if that's the case, this is why Peter said to cast your anxieties on Jesus. That means if I have to cast it on him over and over and over, it is actually removing myself out of the way so that God can come in and give me the peace that He has to offer me. Right. But as long as I hold on to my anxiety, I can't receive what I have that what God's trying to get to me because I'm holding on to anxiety. Right. So right. it may be a process of actually casting it on him over and over and over again, but God's going to give you something in, in place, place of stuff. that. Yeah. And he's going to give you what it takes. I-, I loved Carlos's message on Palm Sunday when he talked about. How can we prepare for the Lord to come in to our kingdom? And he was talking about how they actually took off their robes, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, their cloak on the outside and put it on the ground so he wouldn't even be walking on the ground. That's how I feel. Uh, humbling yourself and yeah. casting your anxiety laying looks like down, is saying, right. "I'm laying this down, even though I want control." Right. Yeah. Because right at the center of anxiety is I. Yeah.
3: Well, that's <laughs> you know, what I had to lay down that Palm Sunday when he said, "What do you need to lay down?" Mine was control.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And and it's it's tough because I feel like I want the Christian life to be a pain-free life, but the Christian life is not a pain-free no. life. No. You know, it, it just isn't. Uh, in in oftentimes we feel like Pain equals crisis. <laughs> yes. And so when, when we get in over into like, I want my life to be pain-free because I don't want to go through crisis, what we're actually doing is saying, God, I want control. But when we realize that even though in the middle of a crisis, I can cast my cares and my yeah. anxieties on Him, I, I get to a place where I can actually move into what God wants for me.
2: Which yeah. is what Pastor Ty said last week was that crisis brings clarity. Yeah, What does that mean for you? Well, um, unfortunately,
3: uh, clarity doesn't necessarily come in the middle of crisis. It usually comes at the end of the crisis. You know, they say hindsight's 20-20. It's like after the fact, um, oh, wow, I can see the clear picture now. Um, But as believers in Christ Jesus, we've been given the ability to see what God sees, you know, to in faith, by faith, look past the mountain and see what God's up to, you know, trusting him. Uh, last week in Ty's message, he used that illustration with the box of worries and the box of uh, said God on it. And I thought that was so good because many times we let our worries seem bigger than our God.
2: So true. And
3: the thing is, though, the, it's what you're focused on. Right. You know, are you focused on the news, what the news is saying? Are you focused on fear? Are you focused on that lack of control or the unknown? Or is our focus truly put on the Father? Because whatever you focus on does become bigger. Right. And uh, one of my favorite things in focus is the story of Paul and Silas in Acts, mm. Acts 16, 25 through 26. And it said, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And the thing I love about that scripture is that it's so specific of even the timing. Right. Because midnight is the darkest hour of the night. And some of us right now feel like we're in the darkest hour of right. the night. But it goes on to say... And they prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Their focus was not on their chains. Their focus was not on the fact that they were in prison. Their focus was on the good, good father that they knew and that they loved. And in focusing their life on worship and praise... Their circumstances changed. Right. And so, that illustration that Ty used, what are we focusing on? Right. What's bringing clarity? We well, may not have it right now. I believe clarity will come. Right. You may not have it right now. But what are you focusing on? Because yeah. whatever you focus on becomes much bigger.
2: And I'm going to spring one on you. Um, you said that we can see what God sees. What does that mean for you? Like, how can I see what God sees?
3: Well, I mean, it's the whole theme of Create 2020 is vision, and it's yeah. on the story of Elisha. Um, Elisha was being surrounded by the enemy army, he and his servant, and he prayed for his servant for his eyes to be opened because the, the servant was scared. He just saw the enemy army surrounding him. They felt they were defeated. There was right. no way out. And Elisha prayed a prayer. He said, Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. And supernaturally, he saw the angel armies that were actually surrounding the enemy armies. And we have that same ability. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us who is our guide, who is our comforter, who is our teacher. Um, By faith, we don't have to see. We even talked about that at Easter. You know, you believe because you've seen Thomas, but it's better to believe and have not seen. And so not seeing the final result, not seeing the end product is faith because I still believe even though I don't see. And so it's the same way with clarity in crisis. Right. You know, I may not see the clear view yet. I may not see the way out of this yet. But my faith in God tells me that his promises are yes and amen. And I will get to the other side of this.
2: And to see what Jesus has already done for us. Absolutely. You know, to To, look to back. know that, that we've already won. Yeah. So what would you guys say to the person who has faith and they have hope? but they're still experiencing pain, they're experiencing disappointment, and there may even be some people asking the question, where is God in all this? Well, I think Joseph's story is a great reminder for us as believers. Um, Joseph's focus
3: was on God, even in the pit, even in prison, even in Potiphar's house. And and I went back and reread that whole um, story found in Genesis, starting in chapter 37. Um, And every single place that he found himself where you would think, oh my gosh, he's, he's lost all hope. I mean, he, he is in a pit. Right. He right. is in prison and he did <laughs> nothing wrong. Right. Um, but it constantly said God was with him so good. over and over and over. So when you ask, you know, where is God in my situation? He's right there with you. Mm-hmm. He, he says in his word that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And not only was God with Joseph, but he continued to promote Joseph. Yeah. He found favor in the eyes of everyone that was over him, mastering him, because they could see God was with him. And not only was Joseph blessed in those positions, those awful places, but the people that mastered him were also blessed right. because of the presence of God in their life. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that no matter what you're going through, no matter how your circumstances look, how awful and dark they may seem, God is right there in the middle of it with you. Right. But sometimes we have to be still and listen for that still small voice. He wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the fire. He was in the still, small voice, and that's what we have to be listening for because he is right there. Right.
0: Yeah. Jesus actually promised life wouldn't be easy. Yeah. Like he said in John sixteen thirty three, he said, I have told you these things that you might have peace. Well, what things was he talking about? Well, if you go back and read John 16, verse 1, he says, they're going to throw you out of the synagogues. They're going to kill you thinking they're doing a service to God. Well that does that doesn't sound great no. you know but then he continues and says you're sad and disappointed that I'm going to heaven but you should be glad because I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit right. who will teach you all things, who will help you. He'll comfort you because we aren't living for what's happening here. Right. We're living for the kingdom of God. Right. So then that's puts in context when he says, I've told you these things to have peace. Well, at first my heart kind of gets shaky because mm-hmm. dying doesn't sound like peace to me. Right. But Jesus is saying, be of good cheer," he said. "In this world, you will have trials. Yeah. If not, you might not, maybe. If you live right, you're not going to have trials. No, he said. In this world, you will have trials, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So, having joy, having peace, only comes from knowing the words of Christ and knowing right. Jesus. Yeah, that is the only place we're going to find hope.
3: And changing our filter to a filter of eternity, right? of of looking at our life not as this temporary thing that's disappointing us, but looking it through the eyes of eternity. I'm passing through.
0: See, what I love about Joseph's Joseph's story is maturity came along the way for him. Yeah. At the beginning of the story, he gets this vision, he gets this dream, and he's gloating to his brothers, Mm -hmm. you're going to bow down to me. Mm -hmm. And he has no idea at the beginning of the story that God is actually going to use him To save a nation. Right. That the context of his family bowing down wasn't about them bowing to him as much as it was God being the provider for Israel.
3: Right. Right. You know?
0: And so, so there's this maturity that comes. And what we may need to focus on right now, maybe you feel like your dream's dead. You started a business. You're doing something that you stepped out in faith and then bam, COVID 19, bam, oil prices are down, bam, someone's sick in your family. All this stuff starts happening. What you have to be reminded of is that the promise God gave you, the vision God gave you, isn't about you. Right. Yeah. It's not about you. It's about Him being glorified and what He is going to use you to do, which yeah. goes back to the fact that our assignment is always to tell people about Jesus, which is why I love Philippians 4:13. You know, in, in Philippians chapter 4, Paul says, I have learned to abound and I've learned how to be in lack because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Right. That's what it's about. Know that your promise is is about uh, God and his glory. And when I know that, I can trust the process he puts me oh, into. Oh, that's
2: good. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's really good. So we've talked a lot about trusting God in this process. But I don't know about you guys, but I need some practical steps. Like, <laughs> what does that look like? I, I know I can put my life in the God box. Um I know that I need to give my worries to God, give my anxiety to God. But could y'all give me some practical steps? What does it look like every day to to trust God in this process?
3: Yeah. So for me, um, it's it's making a choice, and that's the thing I love so much about God is the free will He's given us that we have yeah. a choice, and we have to choose to take our thoughts captive. And so, how do we trust God? Um, so many things are coming at us. So much is. So many voices in our head, confusion, fear. Um, news reports that we can become overwhelmed, but we have a choice. Right now, I'm reading uh, Jeannie Allen's book, uh, Get Out of Your Head. Great book, um, but she talks about taking your thoughts captive. The scripture found in 2 Corinthians 10:4 through 5 says. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take those thoughts that are coming in. We take them captive. And people are like, how do you take them captive? How do you take them captive is you recognize that they're coming. Right. You don't ignore them. Right. They're coming but you replace them. Mm, How do you good. replace them? So I get a thought, Heather, you're not enough. No, I choose to believe that I am more than enough mm. because of Christ Jesus. So right. good. Heather, you are full of fear. No, I choose to believe that God has not given me a spirit of fear, right. but yeah. of power, love, and of sound mind. And every thought that comes in that you dwell on, you can't live in that party. You have to stop it, step out of it, and choose to replace that fear with God's word and God's truth,
2: which is key. You said God's word, not just you're not just being positive. No, with your right, thoughts. no, yeah, you're replacing it with God's truth. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I think uh, uh, one of the best things about Pastor Ty's message uh, last week that just stood out to me was the quote that uh, he gave from Doctor Caroline Leaf that twelve minutes a day of focused prayer for eight weeks would actually show up on a brain scan the change that it makes That's in bright, your brain would actually show up on a brain scan. So I want to give you a couple practical steps for how do we take 12 minutes a day of focused prayer? So most people I think have this idea that uh prayer is w- all about what you're saying. Yeah. And that is not the truth. Um one Jesus actually tells us in Matthew chapter 6 not to pray like the hypocrites who pray with these big words and all this stuff like it's it's not about what you pray as much as it is where your heart's at, right? Uh, but I, I, w- I want to do a challenge uh, with Cowboy Junction, I, and I hope that you would join me in twelve minutes of daily focused prayer for eight weeks. And mm-hmm. for the first week, I'm actually going to jump on Facebook Live uh, and Instagram uh, about nine o'clock in the morning every day, and I'm going to give you some tips on how you can pray. But first,
2: Thanks for not doing that at five thirty, yeah, by the way. <laughs> no
0: so I'm going to, I'm going to uh, tell you two things about prayer. Prayer is about what you say, your heart. Communicating to God and listening. Yeah. Those are the two things that you have to have in prayer. If you only talk to God and you never listen, you're not praying. You're word vomiting on Jesus. <laughs> exactly.
3: There's, there's, there's and, a difference. no people don't know that. They don't right. know. You have to listen. We don't want to just pray prayers. We want to hear what he has to say. Instruction. Right.
0: Nobody wants the friend who always just talks and never lets them talk. So it's a relationship. So we're going to break this down into two segments. We're going to take six minutes and we're going to pray. And we're going to tell Jesus what we feel. Talk to him like a friend. God, I am struggling. I am messed up. I feel bad. I feel like a terrible Christian because I'm afraid that I'm going to get COVID-19. Right. Like, that's right. a real prayer and yes. it's okay to pray. Right. And then we're going to take the last half, the, the rest of the six minutes, and I want you to get a journal and I want you to just be still and listen and write down what you hear. Well, I've never heard God. Maybe it's because we haven't been quiet enough mm-hmm. to hear God. So in that, I hope you join me for this challenge because I know it's scientific fact. Mm-hmm. If you will do it for 12 minutes a day for eight weeks, it'll change your life.
3: Okay. So let me ask you a question. Can uh-huh? I ask you a question? Yeah, you beat me to it. <laughs> You're probably the same question. Probably huh? so. So have you ever heard the audible voice of God?
0: Have I ever heard the audible voice of God? No.
3: Okay. So tell me, what am I going to hear in those six minutes when yeah. I am listening for the Lord?
0: So for me, it's, uh, I think if you're going to hear God, you, you've you got to remove distractions, mm-hmm. okay? But you're not going to hear an audible, you could, yeah. God could do that, Absolutely. that is possible. But what most likely for me is, I've put my cell phone away, I usually have some worship music on because that's what it takes for me, maybe that distracts you, that's okay. Yeah. But I get this impression right here in my stomach. A thought will come into my mind and boom. It's like just, it is so overwhelming the feeling that God is talking to me. And it starts with a thought. But then I can feel the presence of God and it confirms. Now, what I always do anytime I feel like God's speaking something to me is I go back to his word to make sure Absolutely. I'm not getting in the way. Absolutely. You know, so because I'm human. I could yeah. mess that up. Yeah. Um, but go back he to his contradict. word. He will not contradict. He will always confirm what he tells you in revelation through conversation yeah. with his word. Yeah. Um, but I also want to encourage you. Don't feel like if you miss a day. That you're the biggest screw up and the worst christian on the on, on the planet that is the law yeah. god has delivered us from the law right. and he has given us grace and so if you screw up start again yeah if you don't do it at eight o'clock in the morning or nine or ten that's okay if you're a late night person just know so that god head. wants to be in relationship with you and if you mess up get up and do better tomorrow
3: and to yeah. trust god you have to do some of these practical things. Right, right. We all want to trust God. And to trust Him, we have to spend time with Him. Yep. We have to know Him. And it's not just speaking to Him. I love what you
2: said. It's We have to listen to right. Him too. And a relationship isn't a formula. Right. Because that would be really easy to go. So for 12 weeks, I'm going to spend... Eight weeks. Or eight weeks, <laughs> 12, 12 minutes a day. I'm going to do this. And then... X, Y, and Z, God will do yeah. blank. And that's not really how a relationship with God works. No, yeah. It's a relationship just like it is with your friends. And he
3: doesn't love you more because you do this challenge. Right. right. And he doesn't love you less because you forgot. Right. He loves you, but he wants to spend time with right.
2: you. Right. This right. is a way for us to practice practical steps in trusting God.
3: And right. change the brain chemistry
2: yeah. of scientifically. the negative thoughts scientifically. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. good. That's exciting.
0: So we've talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of messages that had some really strong truth. And we brought it back to the story of Joseph. And in Joseph's story, he he saw four things happen in his life. He was given a promise. And from the promise, he went to the pit. And from the pit, he ended up in prison. And eventually, he ended up receiving the promise through promotion. And, and maybe you're sitting in one of those stages in your life, and you're not sure how to navigate the fact that you're in the pit or that you're in prison. Well, I wanna tell you about the greatest hope that there is for your life right now. Maybe you're watching and you have never met Jesus. Well, God has a promise for you and it's this, that he came and he died in our place so that we could have relationship with him. See, the Bible tells us in Romans that all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. So the best person you know can't even hold a candlestick to the righteousness of christ but today god is giving you hope maybe you're afraid maybe you don't know how to trust god but today i want to invite you into the best gift that could ever be received and it's the gift of jesus and if you want to accept jesus there's only two things that you have to do it's this it's confess with your mouth You have to say with your mouth that Jesus died and rose again, and it's believing in your heart. If you do those two things, you will be saved. You don't have to change your life to do it. You just have to say that. And when you do that, God will come in and your life will begin to change. Because God takes you from here to here in a process called perfection. We are being made perfect every day. If you want to receive Christ right now, I want you to text DJ, next steps to 97,000. All lowercase, all one word. What is that going to do? That's just going to help us reach out to you because we want to celebrate with you. God is throwing a party. If you pray the prayer we're about to pray, the Bible says all of heaven is throwing a big party and your name is going to be written in the Lamb's book of life. So if you want to accept Jesus, would you pray this prayer with me? All you have to do is mean it from your heart. It's not about repeating my words, it's about knowing and confessing and believing. So would you do that with me? Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you. And I've heard today that you bring hope, that knowing you brings peace and brings joy. And I need that. Would you forgive me of my sins? Come into my life, be my Lord, be my savior. I believe that you died on the cross And you rose again on the third day. And because I've confessed, I've now received
1: your free gift. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you just said that prayer, we want to help you take a next step. That's what this is all about. Let's just take one step. And the way that we would like for you to do this, pick up your phone, okay? I want you to text to 97000 cj next steps and all of us are taking next steps in our walk with jesus and we want you to pray with with us and and we want to follow up with the decision that you make today just to take one step closer to god's plan for your life i want to thank you so much for joining us and it's time for us to love god love people and have no limits but before you go i want to let you know that next week is going to be really cool we're going to kick off our very first online series called Pivotal Prayers. And we're going to start diving into some pivotal prayers found in scripture that can be pivotal prayers for our own life too. I love you. Jesus loves you. And don't you ever forget it. You guys have a great week in the Lord. See you later.